The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Now, as I'm sure you know by this stage, we're very involved again this year with Today FM and Focus Ireland for the Big Busk, which will be on on Friday week. And we're encouraging you all to get involved, to go out singing, be it on your own or in a group or in a choir. And of course, it also, as well as raising much needed funds, is raising awareness of the work of Focus Ireland. So to contribute to that, we've asked Paul Gagan to join us today. And Paul is what Focus Ireland call a LEAP ambassador, LEAP being the Lived Experience Ambassador Programme. Paul, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Thank you. So can we talk about your lived experience, please? Because you have had, unfortunately, many years experience of homelessness, but have come through it. Yeah. Now, personally, I wouldn't have had many as homeless. I would have kind of sofa soft. I wouldn't have slept on the streets in the area I'm from, from Ballymun. I would kind of at times slept flats, empty flats out there and and I was caught up in addiction for a large number of years and um, going through the system of detox and treatment and that I had to register as homeless and in services then, living services for two and a half years and then eventually I got my own accommodation, my own place with, with Focus Ireland. How important was that to you, to have your own key to your own door? It was a big, big importance to me because I lived in recovery houses after going through treatment and, that, and not all the time were they recovery, so I had to protect myself and getting my own place gave me, you know, major structure in my life that I could go back to education and educate myself and, you know, I had a place to study, I had a place to, to call me own. I'd never had my own home in my life. I was always on someone's address. So to have that was a bit daunting, but, you know, I had good supports around me and, and Focus Ireland were great support as well. You know, they were always there, like part of my family. Roll back for me. Can you tell me, please, a little bit about how you got caught up in addiction and what type of addictions? Personally, I, I, my experience, and I, I, I think it was just the community I was from. I'm from Ballymun, as I said, and like back in the 90s and, and addiction just became rampant and it was like second nature in the community. And the dancing was back out the rave scene and stuff like that. And it was what we were all doing back then. And then... Why was that, do you think? I don't know. It was just the new drug. You know, it was the new drug that was kind of introduced it to Ireland back then. And I think just everyone got involved. It was recreational, I seen as well. And what age would you have been at that stage? Um, I would have been in my early 20s, probably teens, 20s, going into the 80s, into the 90s. And then from that... Sorry, was this the type of thing you would have done sort of at a weekend that you worked during yeah, the week? Yeah, yeah, And then you had a few quid and you the got the pills and went out of the weekend? Yeah, yeah, you would have done that and then you went to probably into the city centre to the rave scene or could be a house party. And, but like, it was just the norm thing to do with the crowd I was hanging around with. And, but unfortunately, my addiction progressed into other stuff. There was a certain uh, nightclub in the city centre in the toilet. And I remember those three floors in it. And two of our dancing, the other one was for skagging, like it was like coming down. And you could see heroin was easy accepted in here. Like they were smoking heroin, maybe injecting heroin at times to come down off the high. And it was like socially accepted, you know, like it was kind of the thing that, you know, it was not, it wasn't seen as a bad thing, but it was just that, you know, you could see that it was more to come down off the high. 
And you got into heroin that way? I got into heroin then, unfortunately, yeah. How quickly did that take a grip of you? Very quickly. It took over the rave scene, it took over everything else. Um, so, you know, I was smoking the heroin at first and then got introduced to the injecting. You know, um, unfortunately, the heroin at the time I injected wasn't for smoking. It was only for injecting. And when you're sick, you know, coming to country withdrawals, you, you're going to do what you have to do. How did that impact on the rest of your life? Personally, yeah. You know, it took me, I'm not saying that I wasn't a good father, I was a good father to me two kids, but I could have been a better father if that hadn't happened to me, you know. I had a very supportive family, always through me addiction, they were always there for me up till the very end, you know, but that was tough love, you know, and that kind of was an eye-opener for me how much I was hurting them. So I told me life around back then, 2010. What prompted that? Because it's not easy to break an addiction. It isn't just a matter of willpower, is it? No, I think personally it hit me rock bottom. You know, it was ending up with drug and juice psychosis. There was new drugs on the market then. There was this snowblow stuff that you could buy in the head shops. And uh, it was legal. And it was of all the drugs I ever took, this was the drug that brought me to my knees. You know, ending up with drug and juice psychosis and ending up in hospitals and waking up and pulling stuff off me and walking out of the hospital. And I hit me rock bottom. Like, they were going to amputate a leg. Why? Because I had a bad ulcer on my leg. I cut it off a fence and I wasn't looking after myself. So, you know, uh, it grew into an ulcer, a bad ulcer. And in 2010, I was at the getting discharged from hospital and I went missing for three days and had no recollection of them three days and I ended up in, in the hospital down in Blanchestown and, you know, I was in there and they could have told me in them three days you'd done X, Y and Z and I'd have held my hands up and said, I'm so sorry, I had no recollection of any of it. But if you're in the grip of that addiction, mm-hmm. how difficult then is it to actually break the addiction, particularly without relapsing on occasions? It was very difficult. It was like I had to challenge doctors. I was on a high dose of methadone and prescribed medication as well. And when I came out of the hospital, I went and asked the GP for help and, and he, he kind of laughed at me and says, "There's no, you're a no-hoper, you're a lifer, you know. And that hurt me, you know, because he didn't know what I was at the being through the years previously, you know, and... So I had to go to other supports in my area and kind of stabilise and go back to the doctor. And eventually he did walk with me. And I can understand where he's coming from. You know what I mean? He's seen me for years caught up in the mayhem of addiction. You know, and he's probably questioning why now. Paul, it strikes me from all of that, a couple of things, that you're not going to be able to hold down a job when you're in the grip of that addiction, mm-hmm. which means you're going to have a very limited supply of money available to you. And even if you had the money, there might be landlords unwilling to actually give you somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. And all of those things coming together yeah. lead to homelessness. Yeah. So then... How did you persuade Focus Ireland that you were a worthy person for support? Or is that actually even required? Is I, it that there's no judgment and that you will be given the chance? I I lived with another organisation in the recovery house and I think I have to be referred to the DCC. Like obviously, as I said, I went through detox, I went through treatment, I was ticking all the boxes to keep myself safe. And then you're referred for the social housing with Focus Ireland and, you know, that, that they showed me an apartment and I I jumped there, 
you know, we jumped there and... Are you still in it 10 years on? Yeah, I'm there now, um, over eight years now in the over apartment years. because it was over two and a half, nearly two and a half years living in recovery houses and... And how are you now? I'm good now. I'm a social care worker in a homeless service now, you know. And you so certainly know what you're talking about I when do, you're dealing with other people. You know, yeah, I can kind of drop to the level people are at and I would have the understanding that of the stuff they're going through. I would, you know, every story is different, but I can feel for them, you know, I have that empathy and compassion for them. And at nine times out of ten, I, I know what they're going through. But how difficult is it for people when they're coming out of addiction or trying to fight it that there are so few places available for them to live? It's it's a nightmare of a thing. Even nowadays, like it's it's like a bottleneck. Like there's there's very few HSE beds. You know, the waiting list we believe is is very long. You know, to get in. So it's it's more like day program stabilisation, and especially for women to have children, they just can't get into these places. I think there's two services in the city accommodate women and kids. Tell us a little bit about the education you're going through at the moment. I'm actually, I've done a level 7 addiction and I've done a level 5 and I'm currently doing a, a, a degree in DCU. I'm doing homeless prevention intervention and case management now and I'm really loving that because uh, a lot of it applies to what I'm doing. Could you ever have imagined at any stage in the past that you'd end up doing this? I couldn't imagine like I'm ten and a half years now in recovery. So ten and a half years in one day, I didn't think I'd get one day. You know, so here I am, ten and a half years later. People listening, why should they support Focus Ireland, do you think? As I said at the start, they're like a family, you know, they're non judgmental, you know, they'll they'll see where you're at. Uh personally I'd be very independent, you know, I can look after myself and that but from now doing the ambassador with them I see the wide range of work that they do and you know, they're amazing that the team that they have that work with all types of people. A lot of people come from social care. You know what I mean? Or not social care, yeah, from the care system. You know, there's a lot of people like the other four ambassadors that I work with. Like, they've all been in care growing up. I was the only one in addiction. So it kind of broadens, you know, that it's not just people in addiction that get places through focus or in this it's families. There's all sorts of reasons. That's something we'll yeah. discuss later in the yeah. programme because yeah. it can be just financial reasons, yeah. even with families where both mm. parents are working yeah. and they can't afford the rent. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Paul Gagan, for taking the time to join us yeah, today as a LEAP ambassador for Focus Ireland. We are going to talk later in the programme to Louise Bayliss and Pat Deanahan about the work that Focus Ireland does and why people, we hope, will get involved with the big busk. And if you want to sign up, it's todayfm.com forward slash busk is where you can get involved. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.